Did Bush do 9-11? You heard it here, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Severely Personal. I am here with the wonderful, gorgeous BB. Hi. BB, for those who don't know you, give them like a quick recap on who you are, what you do. Uh, My name's BB Deluxe. I am morally bankrupt, (laughs) dangerously stupid, and very excited to be here. Wonderful. So I want to start this off. Tell me, like, what's your slay and your flop of the week? (laughs) My my slay of the week is when (laughs) I killed that guy. Yes. And my flop of the week was the flop sound it made when I dropped him in that dumpster. I love it. I love it. So for those who don't know you from your amazing comedy and music, they might know you from your relationship with the one and only Pedro Pascal. Uh, Can you tell me what that's like right now? um, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Is he still being like that? uh, He stays like that. That's just what he's like. You know, sometimes um, grown men don't know how to communicate and they just put a lot of the weight on the women around them to do the emotional labor. And, Mm. um, you know, I said, I don't care what kind of television program you're on. Right. Uh, I don't care what kind of red carpet you're strutting. I deserve better. And, um, he knows that. Well, I, he knows, I know he knows that. I saw a picture of him leaving your place the other day. That doesn't mean he learned how to communicate. That just meant that he followed instructions when I told him to hit it. Period. Get out. So it's done, Zoe. Leave. It it never was Zoe. (laughs) It never was Zoe. Interesting. He he never gave me an opportunity to let my walls down because he just met me with what? Shady little boy foolishness. Mm. And so did Diplo. (gasps) Mm -hmm. The only man ever treated me right was Joey Fatone. And how was that? Fine. (laughs) So take me back to where you started in comedy. Where did that come from? Like, what made you want to do that? Uh, Well, uh, my father was a road comic back in the 90s. Nepo baby. Work. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I just grew up with my dad being a stand-up comic. And so I'd be on the road with him all the time and going to, you know, like, shitty little beach towns or you know like uh what what was the one we always ended up at Hilton Head South Carolina <laughs> just just all these um just watching my dad work a room uh-huh. and um and that like my dad even though he would do it like at the gig I would watch him like kind of like bounce little jokes off and like riff with like barbershop people it was just there mm-hmm. Did was there a part of you that wanted to be a comedian simply because your dad was doing it or because you also were like, I want to I want to have a taste of that. I want to entertain people. I'd say the opposite. I'd say I actually kind of like veered away from comedy for a really long time because my dad had done it. Uh And um, I did it a little bit when I first like when I was like 18, 19, 20. But I was like doing drag pretty heavy back then. And that just took up most of my time. And uh, I did drag for about 10 years. Wow. Professionally, too. I mean, they, they gave me money. They didn't just give me a bale of hay to sleep on and something to cough blood into. They, <laughs> they gave me like, t- sometimes $20. Wow. 
Um, after a while, though, it was like I I did do comedy here and there, and for a while, I would get booked at like you know universities or various things to do stand up, but I didn't really pursue it because, well, on one hand, it didn't really make sense. I had a regular gig at a nightclub, right? You know, I was there three nights a week. It really didn't make a lot of sense to like leave that to make less money to go be in like odd environment. And the other part was just like stand up has only really become like inclusive towards just like gay men yep. in the last handful of years, let alone a trans woman. Mm -hmm. I just didn't do it. Cause I just didn't feel like I noticed that in comedy, it was just like, it was just a lot of like unfunny, gross dudes telling unfunny, gross jokes. Mm -hmm. And then they'd get in a crowd and be unfunny and gross together and be like, oh, the audience didn't laugh because they don't fucking idiots. They don't fucking understand the joke. And it's like they probably didn't laugh because you didn't even fucking tell a joke. Mm -hmm. You just went up there and you just like said some recycled weird Joe Rogan bit. And yep. then all your buddies were like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> and like, I just was like, all right, fuck that. I don't need to get any any of that approval in my life and i just didn't do comedy because i just like i was doing comedy like at the drag show i was like mm -hmm. the mc and you know basically your job was just in between calling a girl on and calling her off you have about a minute and a half to like make a joke until you get to the next yeah. entertainer so i'd say that like being the drag queen mc at a drag show and like a dirty nasty smoky gay bar made any kind of like comedy environment fucking not nearly as hard by comparison right let me tell you who is not rooting for you <laughs> gay men in a cd gay nightclub they hate you <laughs> they hate you because there are people who love drag there are there are probably gay people who love drag but i've worked so many damn drag rooms where there's just like four or five of the meanest fucking homosexuals you've ever seen and they don't want to like you because in their head they're like i could do it better yep Yep. I get it better. Uh -huh. It's like, okay, Mary, do it. Yeah, fucking do it. I'm not even saying I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm just like, you could be a shitty drag queen. You could be a shitty drag queen. You could be a shitty drag Anybody could be a shitty drag queen. Mm -hmm. But um it I I quit drag because I was just that was a whole other fucking story. But like um I quit doing drag and I was doing music for a while. And um I was in New York. What was this? This was last September. I was in New York oh, for wow. this festival. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a whole city. I went and... Um, oh, are you done? For Thank those you. who are just listening to this famously audio medium, my darling old senile man of a dog just jumped off my lap. But if you're watching this on a video, you just saw it. The betrayal. So, content. I quit drag... And I started really pursuing music for a while and I would go on tour with my drummer, Alex, and we were doing a festival in New York and I had another gig there. And on my day off while I was there, my friend Max Castillo was um, headlining a comedy festival and he was like, oh girl, I'll put you on my plus one. Like, come out, come and see it. Everybody was very funny. And then I hung out with everybody afterwards. You know, we're just shooting the shit, bullshitting and just laughing and kiki. And then they were all like, girl, why are you doing comedy? You are fucking funny. Like, you know how to tell a joke. Like, you're fucking great. And I was just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, my dad was a stand-up comic. <laughs> and they were like, no, yeah, you should do it. So I just started doing it. And it turns out people like people it. People like so, it. People love it. Just whatever I got to do to be a famous Hollywood transsexual, I guess. <laughs> to me, like, that sounds terrifying. Like, being on stage and, like, because 
my background is in theater and like I did acting Word. and it's just so much easier when you have a script. Yeah. They write it down for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so where did you get the confidence to be like, I'm, I'm going to just like hope that I get on stage and make people laugh. Well, I think there is an element, like I know a couple of other trans women who do comedy and I mean, I think part of it, you just walk so close to death every day. <laughs> Gotcha. gotcha. And then it's just kind of like, all right, yeah. well, if everything matters, then nothing matters. Right. Okay. Um, I got, well, I mean, doing it in the drag clubs for so long and knowing like what can capture someone's, because it's like the thing that is in a way, I don't want to say that stand up is easy. I will say drag is more difficult. Really? Oh, fuck yeah, for sure. Especially if you're trying to make a crowd laugh. Well, because it's like, famously in a like and you know drag's kind of like got this different thing now with like rupaul's drag race and you know people bringing their kids to the drag shows and shit uh-huh. and, and more if y'all want to have that fucking fight y'all can have that fucking fight but <laughs> i um you know it's loud people are really drunk they're not there to listen to someone talk they're there to look at a queer person wearing a leotard doing splits and jumps you mm. know what i mean and if you don't give them anything other than that, they're inclined to hate you. And um, so just learning how to make people with short attention spans who kind of want you to stop talking as quickly as possible to make them laugh and to make them like you enough to where they're like, all right, I can watch you do this for like another two minutes before I watch this bar queen pump it through a Kelly Clarkson song. <laughs> and so, I mean, like... <laughs> Open mics are different, I guess, because you're you're like in a room full of other comics and other comics are a little more like mm, about who they want right. to give a laugh to. Uh-huh. But once I found out that comedy shows are like a place where people go with the intention of laughing, I was like, oh, OK. All right. Sure. And then, you know, I don't know a lot of stand up. It's different for everybody. I think um, another part of it was that like over the pandemic, I think a lot of people, I think comedy just evolved again. Like, I mean, stand up the way my dad used to do it back in the day was you would like have an agent and you would go to clubs Mm -hmm. and your work was mostly like in real life. There was no real online to be on, Um, you know, getting on TV was the goal, I guess. But then YouTube came along and changed everything. And that's when you started to get like, um, Dane Cook style comedy, which was just like loudly yelling mm-hmm. basic observations. Sorry, Dane Cook. <laughs> Hope he's not watching. He definitely uh, is. <laughs> um, he's another one who has problems communicating. Oh, <laughs> no! Every man in Hollywood has problems communicating. Yep. Uh huh. They know how to find me. <laughs> I don't want to talk to your publicist. I don't want to talk to your agent. I barely want to talk to you. Period. Um. I lost my bird crumbs. Oh, <laughs> but comedy was kind of like that for a while. And for a while you were getting a lot of comics who were like using like props and shit. Yeah. Or they were doing like gimmicky stuff, which is fine. That's fine. It comes in and out. But I've noticed after the pandemic, the comedy kind of turned into more of like conversational style, nerdy observations. Okay. I could chuckle at them. If I'm going to see a comedy show, that's not what I'm like. That's not what I'm like trying to look at, but they can be funny. But my style of comedy is more old school and it's based off of like set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline. And the way I looked at like open mic night is 
all right, you got five minutes. It takes 30 seconds to deliver a setup and a punchline. That means that you have 10 opportunities to make the crowd laugh. Fucking do it. Uh-huh. And if and if you if you didn't make somebody laugh, then you know, revisit that joke. Try to get to the place where you say it's funny. But see, the thing is, that works for that's where my confidence comes from is knowing it's all numbers and structure. Uh-huh. It's not like a rehearse. Other comics are gonna feel differently about that. Right. You should have them on your podcast. Did doing drag, is that kind of what led you to music? To making your own? I did music before I did drag. Okay. I was like trained in jazz voice and um, vocal, jazz vocal, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, I did musicals and stuff. And Can you um, tell us what musicals you were in? (laughs) I have a great story, actually, about the last musical I was in. Please tell us. The last musical I was in was, it was in like 2013, I want to say. And um, I was in Tallahassee. And it was guys and dolls. Okay. <laughs> and I hadn't, I hadn't really figured out all the way I was trans yet. I hadn't really transitioned yet, but I knew that I was just like very queer. I did drag. I knew that like manly and butch, like I more or less stopped doing musicals because I got tired of getting the note. Like you need to butch up mm-hmm. playing dads and grandpas. It really wasn't like I wasn't having fun with it. Right. But I got cast in this community theater production of Guys and Dolls <laughs> as Sky Masterson. Okay. Who's like not the funny guy lead. He's like the romantic dude lead. He's like the he's like the look me lady <laughs> And I'm I'm obviously fucking struggling with that role and uh, the director just kept saying to me over and over again, uh, you gotta man up, you gotta butch up, <sighs> you gotta like you gotta like man up, butch up. And I was just like, what woman what do you want me to do physically Mm -hmm. like tell me just telling me butch up like that's not giving me you want my voice deeper you want like what do you what do you fucking want and she said um i want you to go home and i want you to watch some actors you like and do that which like it's not like that's great directing (laughs) you said that not me i hope you watch it bitch (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's not but um i um <laughs> i was like how the hell am i gonna like go watch an actor and find out what to do i don't listen to men so <laughs> i um <laughs> so i went home and i watched orange is the new black okay and i watched natasha leone <laughs> so i based my performance as sky masterson in guys and dolls off of natasha leone and you killed it absolutely Hey, uh, <laughs> I got to go to a prayer meeting. <laughs> what kind of music were you doing when you were doing drag? Like, what was your style? Um, I started making music when, when I was still doing drag, and I think it really, like, influenced it. Like, some of my um, early songs are on, like, Spotify. So I had this song called Mad as Fuck. That, um, yes, I know that one. I know. I'm so messy. I just did that song to be messy. I... <laughs> Well, because I was back when I did drag, I had like a beard and I did like um it seems so passe to even fucking talk about it now. To be like, I did like alternative experimental <laughs> drag. Girl, fuck that. I just, <laughs> I'm so t- I'm so tired of this, like, oh well, I don't do like the typical yep. drag experience. No, you all wear wigs, mm-hmm. you all wear pads, you all stink, you all <laughs> smell bad. You're all sweaty. 
Drag drag is smelling like shit. That's that's what they don't tell you. The the, the well, all drag queens have a comment. They all smell like fucking body odor. <laughs> Each and every guy, to even pretty ones, except Sasha Colby. Mm-hmm. But um, I just um, back then I I was getting a lot of shit from like um, more established drag queens in the scene because they didn't they didn't like that I wasn't like being a female impersonator and they hmm. they didn't think that I was deserving of the things I worked really hard for and um so I wrote the song Mad as Fuck to be really petty and then some of the girls who like I wrote Mad as Fuck about would be like oh girl I love that Mad as Fuck song I was like good <laughs> turns out you're glad as fuck I don't mm-hmm. know I just um yeah I just I did that, and then I decided to write different music because more or less I was just tired of doing drag. I Drag's weird, man. It's different post-pandemic, mm-hmm. for sure. And now these days with talk about grooming and what can be done in front of kids and drag bands, now there's this new heightened... Some people say, like, oh, drag is edgy again. It's like, eh, is it? Or Republicans just fucking corny as shit. Yeah. Like, I don't... Sorry, I'm going to get way off topic. No, we love it. I just, it's like, people were like, it's, it's, drag isn't, you know, it's like, obviously drag is good. It's not bad. It's not hurting people. It's not hurting anyone. It's not transforming the youth into sexual deviance. Um, Before all this shit... I was saying personally, drag has gotten tired because it has gotten tired. And and this ain't no, I'm trying to be a good person, but <laughs> it's like I, the fact that the new fucking civil war is going on because some daytime alcoholic wants to put on a wig and talk about, uh, I am brave. I am booze. This is who I want to be. This is me. And I, it, it, girl, what? Uh-huh. Girl, what? She better strap up. <laughs> pipe bomb to her fucking super glued on earrings and shit. I, I need, I need, if they're going to be the leaders of the revolution, I I need them to like, I need, no, no, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> what were your influences? Like in comedy, like who, is there like a specific people that you look up to? Yeah. I'm kind of like, um, I'm kind of like a transgender foghorn leghorn. I, <laughs> no, um, I really like, um, I mean, I like old school comedy. I like Phyllis Diller. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I like, um, I like contemporary. Every, uh, Wanda Sykes is probably <sighs> like a big inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leslie Jones. There's just like, um, I mean, I, I love stand up and I love lady stand up. And, you know, men are funny sometimes. I win. But. <laughs> On occasion, every now and again, broke mm. clock is right twice a day. <laughs> I just, I'm just kidding. Men are just as funny as women, and vice versa. Mm. I, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the idea of someone entering the room and just being really loud and enthusiastic and dead wrong, just strong and wrong, mm-hmm. just, just, just a fucking idiot. I'm actually the most inspired. I'm glad you asked that question. The thing that inspires me most about comedy is it's not even like other stand-ups. Like I like other stand-ups. I have a lot of stand-up comic friends that I think are fucking hysterical. Hayden Johnson, Max Castillo, a whole bunch. I'm not going to name all y'all. Fuck y'all. This is my interview. <laughs> but I um 
I love total fucking idiots. I watch a lot of reality TV and like my favorite show is a uh, bar rescue. Have you ever seen? Yes. It? Bitch. I love bar rescue. <laughs> I love bar rescue. I just love that show. Cause it's like such like a morality play. It's like a 30 minute morality play about like failure men. Uh-huh. Like, it used to just be that, like, if you were a dude of a certain age and you were white, they just, like, let you have a business. And then they just never checked on you. So then, like, 15 years later, it's like, how are you half a million dollars in debt? Like, what did you do? Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't know. (laughs) And it's like, they basically just, like, exploit their staff and they Uh never clean. And they, they, like, they're just, like, greedy and weird. And and have unchecked shit. So then, like, you got to call in John Taffer, who's, like, the bigger dog. And he, like, humiliates you in front of, like, your, your staff and your mom and your wife and your kids and your patrons. And then it's just, like, it's such a cuck chair kind of a program. Yeah. And I love these shitty, incompetent dudes on this show. They make me laugh so hard. So in a way, I think I'm trying to, like, be a shitty incompetent trans woman who makes people laugh. <laughs> Incredible. Well, because if men can do it, women can do it too. Girls could do anything boys could do. Better. If I could be a total shit show piece of shit and go a half a million dollars in debt. You're doing something. Right? I mean, the only reason I'm doing stand-up is because they wouldn't let me be a decoy girl on To Catch a Predator. <laughs> And it was just after I had lost the job as the decoy girl. I'm Maury Povich. They told me on both jobs I was too eager. <laughs> okay, what kind of music did you grow up on? Uh, music did I grow up on? Like my um, like my dad listened to like soul music, and my mom listened to like '80s new wave. I think I think when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time by myself. Is the thing. So I usually just kind of would encyclopedia the fuck out about something. If I heard a song, I'd find out who did it. I'd find out their catalog. I don't know. It's kind of, it's always obnoxious when someone's like, oh, I listen to all kinds of music. Yeah. Because it's like, you don't listen to everything, bitch. But like, you know, like 80s New Wave, disco, 60s Motown, Mm -hmm. um, garage rock, grunge, bubblegum pop. Yes. Who are your favorite pop girlies? Oh, the pop girlie. I mean, number one, honest to God, like when I really think about who's like, Number one, it's impossible to not say Britney. Right. Because, like, in a way, and I know they say that, like, Britney was just picking up the Madonna playbook, but Britney actually made her own playbook. She was running, too. Girl, people need to leave her the fuck alone again. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so happy for her. I hope she never makes another album. (laughs) No, I am. She hates it. Does she? You can tell but she What if it's her, it. like, authentic voice? She don't want to do that. Okay. Then let her sing in her authentic voice. Let her sing fucking row, row, row your boat in her goddamn <laughs> mansion. And no one ever bothers her the fuck again. I don't ever want her to have to be a part of the pop machine yes. ever again. Uh-huh. Ever, ever, ever again. I just want her to mind her business. And it drove me crazy. Because everybody went through all this effort to be like, free Britney, free Britney, free Britney. And the moment she was free, y'all were like, oh, wait. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. She's too free now. And it's like, y'all need to get used right. to what it's like to see uh, a woman with bipolar disorder off her meds. Because uh-huh. that's what the fuck y'all are seeing. And 
I love Britney Spears' Instagram now because she's made all the money she could ever make. And she's like, I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing this for y'all. I'm using my Pinterest like <laughs> someone's fucking wild-ass auntie. Mm-hmm. Uh, using my Instagram like Pinterest. She's crazy. But I, I, I live. I fucking live. Britney, if you're watching this, you aren't. Girl, fuck these people. <laughs> fuck me. Do you. <laughs> you're allowed now. And then the people that were like, Oh, she's probably still under conservatorship and oh, they're oh green screen. Y'all are so stupid to Shut believe up. that there's this whole system around her that's preventing her that that in when instead probably y'all saw a highly processed packaged version of her for years and now mm-hmm. you're seeing what the fuck an almost 40, 40 years old, a 40-year-old woman from rural fucking Louisiana who got lots of money real early, who don't trust a goddamn soul on earth and should not live in her life the way she wants to. That's why I like Britney. I also think Rihanna can do no wrong. Period. I don't wear nothing when I get on stage if I think Rihanna wouldn't wear it. That's my goal. And I'm sure she'd see half the shit I wear and be like, bitch, I would not wear that. (laughs) But that's fine. Get it, Robin, with your billionaire ass. (laughs) She had a baby. Megan Trainer had a baby. Everybody got a baby. <laughs> Everybody has a baby. Are we getting a baby? Am I going to have a baby? Absolutely not. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I started HRT, my doctor said, um, you know, just so you know, after six months of using estrogen, you might go sterile. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> Can I get that in writing? Because <laughs> I'm not trying to make a baby with no chaotic they, them barista. <laughs> I'm not trying to have no babies with no septum rings. It's it's a barren field. I love my family. I love me. I love we all love each other. But I just kind of feel like, like, you know, okay, so like my parents' parents, like re- relationships kind of fucked up. So like my parents, you know, they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. And they raised me. And I just feel like if I roll the dice and play with God one more time, I will make a serial killer. I don't want to see what I would look like if I were Gen Alpha. I'm not sure if that level of nihilism should exist in a five-year-old. Like, I'd have one of them, like, rare five-year-olds that just, like, offed a whole bunch of people in a daycare center. <laughs> and they didn't know what happened until they looked at the uh, footage later. They were like, she did it? have some feral child named Gummy Bear. <laughs> That I use they, them pronouns for, but not because of gender reasons. They just won't sit still long enough for me to check. <laughs> <laughs> no babies for BB. So your main area is Jax. Yeah. Dirty Duval. Why? It's been here forever. I mean, at a certain point, like Jacksonville's kind of like my fourth grade classroom. Yeah. Um, I finished my work early and now I'm just being disruptive. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I'd leave, but like... Seems like every week somebody gives me $250. I'm like, ah, I guess I'll stay another week. (laughs) I guess when $250 run out, but people insist. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, we have to give you $250 because we don't want you to leave. I'm like, why don't you want me to leave? I realize I've had this conversation with my parole officer over and over and over again. He knows what I found in his backseat of his car. See, that's why. (laughs) Do you have dreams of like wanting to leave jacksonville or are are you comfortable with this being your home yeah i mean like ultimately like i i i wouldn't if i just wanted to be a person who just stayed in jacksonville Mm -hmm. and definitely i think i'd actually like probably have like a super low-key existence i probably wouldn't use social media that much i probably would just kind of vibe under the radar smoke my weed and mind my business 
She pretty much already do. I don't necessarily know where I'd like the destination to be. It's like I've been like I go to New York every year and I have like I perform up there. I have a bunch of friends that live up there. Living in New York, I don't know, man. It scares the fuck out of me. It is constantly trying to kill you. <laughs> it yeah. is at every corner trying to kill you. You could say the same here. I true. True. I true. Right now I've kind of settled into this like comfortable patch just because like you know i live in a cute house and so cute guys i'm i'm right down the street from the bar i do everything at and um people kind of like me here i used to say the rent was cheap but then the rent stopped being cheap she's not because you motherfuckers from new york city moved down here making everything expensive Mm -hmm. and then it's still jacksonville Mm -hmm. the fuck you mean two thousand dollars to live in murray hill Mm -hmm. (laughs) for what for who? And then when they build a new building to put a whole bunch of people in, I'm like, how the fuck you gonna fill that up? I didn't know they built that. How the fuck you gonna thing. fill up these buildings? Everybody keep buying these, building these new apartment complexes, uh-huh. trying to get people to come to you, fooling these motherfuckers into moving <laughs> to Jacksonville. Now, I would imagine that if you from a smaller city, see, this is what gagged me because I lived in Tallahassee for two years. And so I had always been like, oh, man, fuck Jacksonville. Fuck Jacksonville, piece of shit, fucking podunk ass fucking city. Because I grew up here, you know, so I could say that shit. And then I went to Tallahassee for two years, and everybody kept calling Jacksonville the biggest city. I was like, oh, good goddamn. <laughs> oh, good goddamn, they got a point, though. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I came back, and this is so embarrassing, but shortly after I moved back from Tallahassee to Jacksonville, I was crossing. I was going from Arlington to downtown i was crossing the bridge and i saw the sunset and i saw the cityscape and i shed a goddamn tear for this stupid ass dumb ass dirty ass fucking city well wow. because it was beautiful i was uh-huh. like oh a real city i get it i get it i get it when the rent was cheap i was like yeah this is a great kept secret but then they made the rent all fucking uh-huh. expensive y'all keep building new stuff and be like oh we've got amazon they're making jobs then why are they on a hiring freeze because mm. jacksonville is it's like every once in a while someone comes in here and they're like wow look at all this shit no one's using we could do stuff with this and the locals are like Girl, don't do it, dog. Don't do it. Like, don't, don't, don't fucking move here. And then people are like, "Oh, we, we got thick money from New York. Of course, we're gonna move here." <laughs> and then they move here, and then they're like, "Oh, it's a piece of shit." I get it. Fucked infrastructure and like fucking city council with their thumb up their ass mm-hmm. and like you know like everything and every the, the the urban development here is fucked. And then they're like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna abandon ship." And then some other opportunist is like, okay, well, I'll take over this project. So then you got some dipshit from bowls or whatever wasting somebody's money. And then um, they give up and then someone else goes. And then, ooh, five and a half years went by and that abandoned property stayed abandoned. Yep. You did it. That'll be 500 more fucking dollars to your rent. I don't think so. Can't wait until the apocalypse. Have you been to Miami? I have. What do you think? Okay, I love Miami. Uh Uh-huh. But also fuck Miami. <laughs> Period. I lived there for a year and I can say the same. Dude, I love Miami. I love Miami. Miami is so beautiful. I know mm-hmm. so many talented, incredible drag queens yeah. down there. Oh my God. Oh my fucking God. Queef Latina, Opal Emra. Um, um, how is kind of die out? Carla Croquetta, uh, Persephone Von Lips. Have you seen Cat, Cat Wil- Wilderness? No! I was just yes! about to say Cat Wilderness. We love her. I have been thinking about becoming a Cat Wilderness impersonator. <laughs> Please do. I love her so An much. An Ariana impersonator impersonator. Yes. yes. Girl, not, um, we, I was at a show down there. I was down there in February. And Lady Buddy was there. And Lady Buddy looked at 
<laughs> Cat Waters is the Kim Petras. <laughs> Get her the fuck out of here. Call that girl Kim Petras. <laughs> I love her so much. I was talking to Kat. I was like, did you hear what that lady said to you? Yeah, apparently I'm Ken Petra. <laughs> I was like, Kat, I'm going to be a cat wilderness impersonator. And she was like, you should tell her that. <laughs> no, you'd be better at it than me. No, she's great. She's lovely. I love Miami. And for a hot second before the pandemic, I was really thinking about going there. Uh-huh. And I was there recently, and we went to the Wigwood Festival. Yes. I was DJing. And then um, we were staying in Wynwood, and I was like, oh, cool. Things will be five minutes from you, but it takes fucking 30 minutes. Yes. And also, I mean, here's, here's the reality of Miami. Going there as a white person who doesn't speak Spanish is um, hard. Lots of audacity there. Yeah. Lots of lots of fucking nerve. And in it and I you know, if I learned Spanish, I'd go down there. It it's real tacky to go down there and be like, oh, everybody speaks Spanish. Like it makes perfect sense. It's yes, a fucking yes. Spanish speaking city. Yes. Um ab- the most beautiful people in the world live in Miami. Mm-hmm. Too long, didn't read. I love Miami. It's beautiful, it's glorious, it's so much fun. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah. I could never, I'm not that fierce. Yes. I 100 percent agree. And all my friends who live in Miami are like, "Fuck Miami." I had I had to leave there because it was just too much. Like it's so overwhelming. Traffic I, is horrible. Everybody like, hates being yeah, there. Yeah, it's fun to visit, but to yeah. live there. Ooh, driving in Miami, horrible. You want to talk about a place where people want to kill you? <laughs> driving around Little Haiti, it's like, oh, I was walking down the street in Little Haiti, and I only got hollered at once. And I think it's because uh, I am I am not what Miami considers <laughs> their target doll demographic. Now, Austin, Austin, Texas, that is a doll friendly city. If you are a fat white girl who's trans, you could walk around. <laughs> you could walk around Austin and you will you will hear a lovely assortment of catcalling. <laughs> I love Miami. That's a good time. But you can lose several pieces of yourself there. When I'm there, it's just like grinders. Just like ding, 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 ding. Oh, Miss Grinder. Oh, Miss Grinder in Miami. <laughs> Talking about uh uh can't host, can't travel, come pick me up. I live in oh Kendall. Oh my god. In Kendall? <laughs> you want me to haul my goodies all the way from Wynwood to Kendall, pick you up and go back to Wynwood, and then do what? Pick take you back home? <laughs> Lil they them, you are insane. So this is something that I'm so interested about because. Like you work gigs for the most part. Is that not terrifying to like not know if you're gonna have a job next week or something like that? Like that scares me shitless to think about. No, it's not scary at all when you put it like that. <laughs> Cause you could totally that commit to a nine question. to five if you need to. No, but it's like a question that, that I want for myself. Question. Cause like I feel like I'm stuck to having a nine to five because I'm scared to like endeavor. <laughs> I want to know how you're able to do that. <laughs> Bitch, I don't know. <laughs> I had a nine to five up until like um, August of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was um, was a registered behavior technician in the field of applied behavioral analysis. Uh-huh. Yeah, a real complicated mind fuck of a job, and I did it forever. Worked with uh, kids that have autism, worked with uh, kids in foster care, and did it for a really long time. And... Um, uh, going into too much detail, eventually I kind of reached my limit. Yeah. And I decided to dip. 
Yeah, I mean, it's stressful to do gig work, but back when I had, like, a job that required me to be more, like, um, let's say, like, a role model. Yeah. I felt an immense pressure about, like, those two worlds colliding, so I kind of had to live a double life. And especially um, being trans, it was, like, to at this one aspect be this person who kind of gets to do more what they want to do and express themselves and basically like I'm my own boss and I get to um you know when I do have certain gigs I get to make more than I'd ever make at an hourly and then to go back to your hourly where like no one has any fucking idea who you are you're mm -hmm. just like you know um you're 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 ideally someone who fades into the background and just does their job really well that that had gotten difficult um so i mean i do have some regular gigs i mean i regularly host karaoke at the walrus and i have my monthly dance party there and um so i you know you just kind of got you got to stay sharp mm -hmm. it was weird to suddenly not have something to do in the daytime and then to just do everything at night. Right. Cause for the longest time I would work in the daytime, do stuff at night. And now I just do stuff at night. And, uh, that, that adjustment has become a little strange. So I kind of had to start making myself like wake up and go to the gym and like keep myself moving during daylight hours. That was, pro that's probably the most difficult part, but, then you and F will call you and be like, be here at 930 in the morning. Play some music for these kids till 2, 2 p.m. And, and it works. All right, work. Hey. Hey. I love that. I think it takes a lot of, like, confidence and, like, trust in the universe to, like, really stick to that. I love DJing, though. That's mm -hmm. the thing. I, I'm, I'm willing to go through the rigmarole i'm I, you can book me as a dj i'm willing to go through the rigmarole of like having to like promote myself and to um to have to do my own bookkeeping because djing really is a fucking great job yeah if, if you've got a propensity for it the thing i like the most about djing is there doesn't have to be any ego in it because when you're doing stand-up, your ego is in it when you're doing oh, yeah. music your ego is in it but when you're djing oh my god you get to kind of like you get to be at the party without having to like be at the party. Mm -hmm. I love it. I would say that if I had to like pick one of the three things to do, um, I'd, I, I don't know if my final decision would be DJing, but DJing is absolutely fucking lovely. Yeah. I'd suggest more people take it up, but I'm going to gatekeep that shit. <laughs> I have a few fun questions. Oh, yay. Tell me your dream blunt rotation. Dream blunt rotation. <sighs> Dead or alive. It doesn't matter. Whitney Houston. <laughs> um, definitely, without a doubt, Whitney Houston. Let's do five people. Five people? Okay. Dead or alive. Like, either? Either. Just, okay. like, in, in combination. Uh, five people smoking a blunt? That's a lot. Two blunts. Am I, that's six people overall. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston six times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, Whitney Houston, Eartha Kitt. See, here's the thing. This is where it starts to like get complicated because it's like, obviously, there are some people that wouldn't hang out well together. Like, I don't think um, Whitney Houston's going to have a great time smoking a blunt with Britney Spears. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe they Maybe would they vibe. Will. Maybe, Maybe they, they will would. after the blunt. I actually think 
Whitney Houston would be an ideal one-on-one blunt rotation, probably, because okay. she probably didn't get along with other people very well. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Whitney Houston. Um, Natasha Leone. Work. But uh, Natasha Leone, come smoke a blunt with me. Uh, Whitney Houston, Natasha Leone, Miss Piggy. Probably, uh, no, Rosie O'Donnell would fuck that vibe up. So would John Taffer. Like I like like John Taffer would fuck that blunt rotation up too. Um uh Tanya Marie Richardson was this drag queen who was excellent. I would like to smoke a blunt with her. She was a Whitney Houston impersonator. She passed away. I want to smoke with her, Whitney Houston, <laughs> Britney Spears. I ha- did I mention Whitney Houston? <laughs> Miss Piggy. Probably like my great, 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 great grandma. Just to kind of like see if she's a pussy about choking. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Pro- uh, like a really chaotic cockatoo. You know the kind that just like yell into a cup. Uh huh. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, there's this woman. You could probably edit her in. Her name is Linda, and I follow her on Instagram, and she makes all these videos where she's like, Irene, you fat fucking bitch. I do not have wooden legs. I am not a transgender. I would want her up in there, too. I think I named six people. Okay. All right. Perfect. (laughs) So I have a list of these what I would consider to be icons. Okay. And I have them grouped into threes and only one can survive. Oh shit. So my first group, I have RuPaul. Dead. <laughs> Lizzo and Gwen Stefani. <laughs> only one can survive. I want to talk about, can I talk about Gwen Stefani? Let's for a talk second? about her. Okay. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make an embarrassing confession here on youtube.com. Um, I, <laughs> When I was in um, middle school, I was the moderator of a no doubt fan site called Greener Pastures. Incredible. And I had a wall of like Gwen Stefani and no doubt shit. Um, obsessed. Every album. Like I, I was I was irrationally. I held on to Gwen Stefani really long. Um, I will say can dress out of all the white ladies is one of the best dressed. I I I do think Gwen Stefani is a style icon. Yes. The thing that and the proof in Gwen Stefani dressing really well is the fact that every four years people are like, "Hey, love what you're doing. Do you want to like say anything different about cultural appropriation?" <laughs> and every single time without fail, she's like, "Nope, mm-hmm. I'll say something worse." <laughs> So she is a Japanese icon. Yes. <laughs> um, I'd have to let, I'd have to let, um, I'd have to let Gwen go though. I mean, at this point, like, I think, I think we should put her back in the crystal prison because <laughs> she didn't age for a really long time. And then like that racism shit caught up and she started, y'all noticed that when Gwen Stefani started being racist, <laughs> she started aging and it's the, I don't want to say it's the worst kind of racism because I think bad, mean racism is probably still the worst, but like good, uplifting racism is yeah. pretty bad. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say Gwen Stefani got to go. Okay. Um, RuPaul got to go. Lizzo survives. Absolutely. 
Thanks, Lizzo. We love you. Yeah, I love you. I ain't got nothing wrong to say with you. I did hear that Giddy stole some of y'all's designs from trans people, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't in the room when that happened, so I don't know. <laughs> I bet you weren't in the room either. Shit, get your coin, Liz. <laughs> I have Paris, Lindsay, and Brittany. Oh, well, Brittany lives. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love Paris Hilton, too. She, on the record, has stated that she voted for Donald Trump and that <laughs> he's a good friend of hers. I I do love Paris though because she talks like a gay guy. Do you remember when she got caught saying all that mean stuff about gay guys? In yes. The back of the limo? Yes. I love it. Yeah. I probably can't use the. I think that most people who like it are gay people. Well, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Because it's like for a minute we got to hear her talk like a gay person. Basically, for anybody who doesn't know, Paris had a mean gay friend who like recorded her in the back of a taxi because gay people can't be trusted. <laughs> Okay, for behind every glamorous woman are some um, really shady, messy gay guys mm-hmm. who want to see her fail. Yep. You know, the people with them sides at Westboro Baptist Church, they, 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 they might be on to some. <laughs> no, but she was in the back and she basically said, uh, gay guys are so disgusting. They're so horny. They just want to <laughs> fuck all the time and get AIDS. <laughs> and then it released everyone was like, Paris Hilton's shocking homophobic remarks that every gay guy I know is like, yeah, girl. You've been saying that same thing. <laughs> girl, I know. Uh, who's the other one? Lohan? I like Lohan. Uh-huh. Did you watch her new Christmas movie? Girl, no. <laughs> I, um, I'm happy for her, though. I yeah. love her. I liked her Planet Fitness ad. Uh-huh. I think it, Lindsay. They mm-hmm. were mean to you, honey. Um, but, I mean... Britney wins. Okay. Brit- no, no, no. Britney, Britney deserves to be protected at all costs. Um, and and I think though that we should go one further. And if Britney wants to like carry around a small knife and just a, every once in a while just like slice someone, oh. not to like maim them or get stitches, but if Britney Spears sees <laughs> you, likes you, and wants to draw a little bit of blood, we should let her. Yeah. I could get behind that. I know. Yeah. I hope she ends up on Illuminati Island. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Um this one's hard for me. Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and Rihanna. Oh fuck. Yeah. I love Stephanie. Uh she understands she needs to like gracefully step out of that. <laughs> I love Stephanie so much. I do. I love Lady Gaga. I've I've said things in podcasts in the past about her that maybe weren't like super glowing. I do love her. Uh, my favorite thing that I love about her is this like lore she created where she was like, I was a freak in school and I was an outcast. And then like you hear parts of the story. Like in one interview, she was like, oh, I grew up a couple of blocks from the uh, John Lennon Memorial in, um, in Central Park. And oh, I... I dropped out of Tisch School of the Arts for my first year of college. And my dad um, said, I'll support you. But, you know, you have one year, you have to go back to school. And he, he uh, and I was in this dirty apartment covered in cockroaches on the Lower East Side. Like, girl, you were not in New York City in 1985. You were in <laughs> New York City in 2007. That apartment, co- like, basically what you said is, I grew up on the Upper West Side a couple of blocks from Central Park. And my daddy said, okay, become a pop star this year. And I guess you could drop out of school and I'll pay for your apartment. Can can you imagine if your dad was just like, drop out of college and I'll pay for your New York City apartment on the Lower East Side? It weren't like rent at that point. <laughs> if there was cockroaches in your apartment, it's because you're a shitty housekeeper, Stephanie. <laughs> 
that place was nice. Um, I don't know this woman like that. I love Lady Gaga, but if it became between her, Beyonce, and Rihanna, I'm sorry, Stephanie. It's been lovely. Now, when it comes between Beyonce and Rihanna, I don't think you can kill Beyonce. I don't think she's physically capable of dying. So <laughs> I don't feel bad saying I would save Rihanna. Okay. 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 I don't feel bad saying I'd save Rihanna because I think Beyonce does not have the ability to die. I think it's kind of like how like humanity can torch the planet and like salt the earth. But once humans are gone, the trees will come back. That's Beyonce. She'll always resurrect. It, it will be, it will be 150 years after the apocalypse. Grand central station is in shambles. Um, basically <laughs> Seattle is underwater. Uh, polar bears are, are roaming Florida. It, everything has just gone haywire, but Beyonce is still dropping visuals <laughs> for Renaissance. Somehow she still hasn't yet. She still has no, no, no. That's when it drops. Okay, is when, when we're all gone. When we're all gone, it's not for you. Oh it's my not god! For us, and that's the true Renaissance. It, that's the true. Renaissance. Oh my god! I've often said it. Just reminded me because I've often said about Anne Hathaway movies. Um, they're not for us. They're for her. Uh-huh. So we just need. <laughs> uh huh. Sandra Bullock, Anne Hathaway. And Angelina Jolie. That's a nightmare blunt rotation. <laughs> what do you mean? You what? What do you mean? What do I mean? That would be amazing. Anne Hath. No. What about hanging out with Anne Hathaway and Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Where did you get Sandra Bullock from? That's my mother. That's your. That's your mother. Can't you see? You can pick one mom. I'm gonna forehead. ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question for real. Out of all the actresses in the whole world, Sandra Bullock is mother. That's mother. Where? (laughs) I came out of her. Where? Here. Where where did Sandy Bullock mother? I just... I don't even call her Sandra. We're on, like, nickname basis. She's Sandy to me. She was in that one movie, um, Mm -hmm. which... What was it where you... um, Uh The Blind... uh, Bird Box. No, it's called Blindside. You sound drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't save none of them women. What do you mean? I, I, what do you mean? What do I mean? Um, I have always been staunchly team Aniston. So, um, Miss Jolie can, <laughs> I, when has Jennifer, when has, when has Angelina Jolie been anyone other than Angelina Jolie on film? When has she needed to be? It, it's so weird to want an actress <laughs> to, to act. That's so weird. I just don't. I don't see it for Angelina Jolie. Okay. Uh, let me see. Sandra Bullock. I just can't. Oh. I, l- listen, I love a smart brunette. Clearly, I just um. She was married to that man before. Uh, what what's the name of the girl? Cat. She was married before. Uh, what the Cat Von D? Uh huh. She was married to that Nazi before Cat Von D. <laughs> what y'all have in common, Sandy? I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know Sandra Bullock like that. Sandra Bullock has never ate. <gasps> oh my god! Where did Sandra Bullock eat? Oh my god! Name a film. Every, Name a film. All of them. Name a film. Miss Congeniality. Okay, I knew you were gonna say Miss Congeniality. <laughs> but now not I'm the second one. Name. We're not gonna talk about the second okay, one. Okay, so so far we have one movie we're not talking about with Sandy. So you think that um, Sandy ate in Gravity? Yeah. You think Sandra Bullock ate in Gravity? Yeah. Yeah. She was flowing. Girl, I like the dead body in Gravity. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I don't, I'm, 
I just, I, I've never personally seen the discography. Now, Sandy, now I know she's watching. I'm heartbroken. Sandy, you're heartbroken over Sandy. Over you, you asked like me, Sandy. you asked me if I'd kill Britney, Beyonce, or Rihanna. And now you're mad because I won't, because I, 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 I easily, and then Anne Hathaway, I already said it about Anne Hathaway. Her movies aren't for us, they're for her. So you're killing all of them. If I can save Beyonce, I'll kill all three of them. <laughs> okay. Because I just had to murder Beyonce. I want, okay. Who ate? Beyonce or Sandra Bullock? Oh, Beyonce. Who I'm not ate? that delusional. Beyonce or Anne Hathaway? <laughs> Beyonce. Who, I even forgot the third one. Who's the fir- third one? Uh, Angelina. <laughs> Enough said. Okay. That one was fiery. That that was that was an instigating question. My publicist told you not to ask that question. <laughs> okay, I have the iconic queer legend <clears throat> Jojo Siwa. Ah, oh, work. Another iconic queer woman, and I actually think non-binary person Trisha Paytas. <laughs> um, and I'm sure she's non-binary as well. Abby <laughs> Lee Miller. <laughs> Not by in the icon. <laughs> I hate that so much. Oh, okay. So I got to put it out about Jojo Siwa. So I'm going to tell y'all what happened. I kind of knew about her. And like some of my like messy gay friends were like, oh my God, look at this icon. She's got a receding hairline. I was like, y'all, <laughs> I was like, leave that girl alone. Uh, because it's always messy gay people. It's yes. always messy gay uh-huh. people who are like, this is what we're clinging to. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're so many. What do you mean? And then 10 years from now, they're like, oh God, she was right. <laughs> In that video where JoJo was showing off their new house. Mm-hmm. The entire time JoJo Siebel walked around the house, it was just... just <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my candy womb. I got all kinds of candy in here. It's like you're like over eager stepdad who's really trying to get you to like him. And it's like, oh yeah, here's all the different candy. I I spent a buck twenty at Ollie's today. But I was like, that's a lesbian Maury. And so um then people were like, oh, that's wrong. And then she came out like less than a year later. I was like, okay, cool. Who else was on that list? Uh, uh Trisha Paytas. Next. Who else? Uh, Abby Lee Miller. Abby Lee Miller. <laughs> I fucking love Abby Lee. I fucking love. She's she, she's in prison right now, right? I think she got out of prison. Work. She got out of prison. If someone can get out. It's I Abby. love that fucking bit. You you teach our daughters theater etiquette, and you're in here on your fuck. And then she like beeps out. <laughs> Have you seen that mm-hmm, one? Mm-hmm. She's just zooming to Baskin Robbins. Um, <laughs> did you watch Dance Moms? I didn't, but I saw enough clips. Um, I'm obsessed with Kathy from Dance Moms. Which one was she? She was the crazy white lady who ran the Candy Apple Kids, and she was the one who would like come in and like start fights with everybody. Was she the one who beat Abby? She, it was somebody. She smacked her with a purse. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like she threw water on uh-huh. her. And that I love watching those women on Dance Moms fucking yell at each other. Mm-hmm. It's like they all. Put in hot rollers that morning and then took them. They all got that like bumped, like the Rachel from the first couple of seasons. I love how they just locked into the Rachel. Just seeing some mid looking fucking white ladies just attacking one another over and over and over again. And then like, you'll be like, oh, dance moms reunion. It's like, I don't need to see them today. 
I just um I uh, Abby Lee Miller can't be killed. It's not like I don't think Beyonce can be killed. Abby Lee Miller physically cannot be killed. <laughs> Abby Lee Miller is like girl John Taffer. Okay. And instead of rescuing bars, she is um destroying young women. Mm-hmm. Shania Twain. Oh, Shanana. The Chicks, formerly the known chicks. as the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Reba McIntyre. Reba. Dead or alive? Save Reba. Oh, okay. Over the chicks? Uh, I, I didn't stutter. Wow. <laughs> wow. No, it's Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre is everything. Okay. Uh, so I like the chicks. Over Shania Twain too? I like Shanana, but like Shanana is not Reba McIntyre. Yes. I get, yeah. That, that is just a fact. Uh-huh. Um, I love Reba McIntyre. Sometimes I imagine that the face of God is Reba McIntyre. Um... So fun fact, when I am annoyed by a man that won't stop messaging me, I just send pictures of Reba McIntyre. <laughs> and after about the 33rd picture of Reba McIntyre, um, the men are always like, why? And then I just send another picture. There, You will never run out of pictures of Reba McIntyre. Um, I love her. The what? show is great. I unironically love the sitcom. Okay. And she has released just a solid catalog of music. And you can tell Reba McIntyre not only has gay friends, but she has mean, deviant, godless gay friends. Oh, yeah. And that's why I like her. She's almost a gay man herself. I I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. (laughs) Last but not least, Kelly Clarkson, Drew Barrymore, Wendy Williams. I think there's one right answer. I think there's one right answer. Uh, it's Kelly Clarkson is the correct answer. Oh. Yeah. For me. Well, because she's an extension of Reba. You know, they're really good friends. That's right. Yeah. I think um, when, when it comes to some of the greatest voices of all time. Oh. I think Kelly's in there. Uh-huh. Definitely for the white girls, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I... Let, let's see who are the other two drew barrymore drew barrymore she's fine wendy williams uh what oh God, i'm obsessed with wendy i williams. know she's amazing now more than but ever. she's like now more than ever it scares me. so she's the devil i passed out i watched awful. a video of her uh because i i get freaked out by like like <laughs> like gross sick things and there's a video of her and she was doing like a tiktok live and she was talking about whatever medical condition she had and she takes her sock off and puts it up to the camera and her but it's like the size of a basketball. And I literally passed out. I literally passed out in my car. Have you seen that video of her sitting in the car? And she was like. <laughs> I know what like, you're talking about. She goes, I would just like it if everybody respected our privacy. But please, I'll respect people's privacy. That's why I do the hot topic. <laughs> yes. I love Wendy. I, uh, like, I have. Because, I mean, I, I think I went back and forth. When Wendy first came out, I was like, oh, work. She tells it like it is. And uh-huh. then I think like everybody, I was like, oh, she's mean. She's perpetuating the thing about society that I don't like. Right. And then she got basically strong-armed out of her show. And it was just, like, deeply humiliating. And the fact that she's still walking around looking for a comeback, just hobbling around New York City and scaring people. <laughs> I, I actually... Iconic. Live. It's so iconic. I And I watch... I just watched clips of her in those last couple of years of the Wendy Williams show mm-hmm. of her. There's the one where she spills tea on herself. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm still alive. And then they all clap. 
the audience at Wendy Williams is so deeply conditioned for her bullshit. Yes. And <laughs> I fucking love, I love how mean she is. And, and, um, I saw a video of her like at pet supermarket in Brooklyn and she's shopping and she sees somebody filming her and she was like, I got to get fancy stuff for my cats. I got to get science formula. I got to get kitty litter because I'm trying to go all over the world. I'm trying to be back on television, trying to get back on, you know, you know, uh, uh, um, Seth Meyers. <laughs> Why are you doing that so well? That's kind of scary. Did you, see her on, did you see her on the mask singer? Yes. Young and free. Riding the subway, <laughs> talking that sweet talk. You're the heart and soul of New York. Oh, we probably can't even get a good ding ding. You actually do that so well, though. I we watch a lot of Wendy Williams. I love clips. it. I love it. She's iconic. <laughs> Who's the killer? My well, I love the recent one that resurfaced of um, denial. Ted, did you see that one no. where it's like, oh my god, I'll have to, I'll have to show it to you yeah. after. Well, this. okay, so you know the one where it's Halloween and everybody's wearing costumes. She goes, "What was that? <laughs> was that the killer?" And it shows the person in the mask. That mask was in the subway scene in the new Scream movie. Was it really? Yes, we fucking lost it. I love because it's like you've got Jason and you've got you've got um, um, Pinhead, and you've got Samara from the Ring, you've got every horror legend on there, but then there's like the Wendy Williams mask. <laughs> Iconic. What if Wendy Williams is just in the back of Hollywood? <laughs> Iconic. Well, BB, it has been so wonderful having cute. you. Uh, where can people find you? Um, typically, they can find me in the loss prevention office at TJ Maxx. I just <laughs> don't learn. But I, um, I can also be found um, yelling on the street corner where uh, Post turns into Normandy wearing a um, Walmart plastic bag as a pair of briefs. Mm -hmm. uh, they can also find me on uh, Cops. Um, <laughs> find me on my social media. It's BB Deluxe. On Instagram, it's B-E-B-E -E dot Deluxe. I had to put the dot in the middle because a South Korean children's boutique stole it from me. <laughs> And then I messaged them and asked, could I buy it off of them? And they ignored me. And I was like, oh, I'm so rude. Mm. And I messaged them in Korean. And then um, and then they told me no and they blocked me. Oh. So report their account. Okay. <laughs> We're canceling BB Deluxe. BB Deluxe, one word. <laughs> Not BB Deluxe with a beard in the middle. Okay. Also, BB Zahar Binet. Uh, she's fine. <laughs> Actually, if you're looking for me, just look for BB Zahar Binet. She'll do great. Cameroon. <laughs> And I'll have everything linked so everyone can find you. Do you have any yeah. last closing thoughts? Um, Zush did 9-11. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, birds aren't real. Um, I mean, we already covered Reba McIntyre being Christ on Earth. I don't know if there's anything else I need to promote. Um, Pedro, you already know. Mm. And feel free to follow us on social media at Severely Personal and follow the podcast and rate it if you want to. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Mwah.